0: daily dribble welcome back to the daily dribble podcast guys as always i'm your host nick Zamet, here with a massive episode to culminate season three of the podcast now i'll delve into this straight away some exciting things coming next week season four will officially kick off and with that we'll see the return of both rowan lee um, absolutely delighted to have them joining us once again after their extended little break there. Um, but uh, I had a chat to them the other night. We've got some big things planned for this season, some big, big things. And it's going to start next week, uh, a two-part series, giving our West and Eastern Conference season predictions. So really looking forward to that. Looking forward to the fellas rejoining us once again as well. Um, so really looking forward to that. In addition to some big things, shout out to the cover. Big things coming with the cover as well. Um, Our boys over there, Liam, who runs the cover, the boys from the fifth and dribble, Matty Bay and Locke. Uh, We had a bit of a team meeting the other day, and uh, I just want to say to you guys, I won't give too much away at this point in time, but season four for us here at the Daily Dribble is by far going to be the biggest and best yet, so stay tuned. Um, There'll be some exciting announcements coming over the course of the next couple of weeks or so. Guys, before we get into it, I'm going to kind of forego the normal housekeeping that I normally go into. Uh, this week, it's going to be a little bit different. I just want to shout out to the the Fantasy Leagues that we've got live at the moment. Now, you might have seen on our story the other day, our NBL Fantasy League is officially live. Um, I tell you what, I would I'd a real difficult time picking players for that squad, but I got there and the team is officially entered. So, as I said, on our story... Um, and our social channels, I think it was across most of our social channels, but our NBL Fantasy League is live. If you guys want to join that, be sure to let me know. Um, I'll, go, I'll send you the link once again. Would love to have as many of you guys as possible, um, especially the league, t- well, the, the season tips off next week now. Um, so it's come around really, really quickly. And I'd certainly, you know, especially if you're new to the NBL and you want to have a little more investment into it, Fantasy is a great way to start, so uh, we'd love to have you in our league. As In addition to that, our NBA Fantasy League is about to go live as well. Uh, I'm just in the process of ironing out all the uh, the league info for that. I will say that's going to be a little more of an exclusive league. There's only going to be about 12 people or so in it, um, but if you guys want to be in on that, be sure to send me a message. I've had a couple of you guys send me one already, and you guys are locked in, so um, only a few spots remaining. If you want to be in our daily dribble fantasy league this year for the NBA, send me a message. Okay, guys, let's get into it. Big episode. I'm going to rip through some odds and ends. I'm then going to give my NBA awards predictions for the upcoming season. All the classics, your MVP, most improved rookie of the year, sixth man of the year, all that good stuff. I'm going to cover all that as well. So really looking forward to getting into that one momentarily. Okay, let's start with some quick odds and ends here. Now, off the back of a point I made last week regarding Robert Saver and the Suns, um, his suspension uh, and quite hefty fine he received for, essentially, I won't go into it again as I did mention it on last week's show, but creating a really toxic workplace filled with racism, filled with uh, just disgusting behaviour across the board. Um, it's since come to light that Sava has started the process now of, se- of selling the Phoenix Suns and the, F- and the Mercury there, the Phoenix and Mercury in the WNBA. Now, as I said, I won't go into it too much, but essentially good riddance. The league does not need characters like that. Um, it's just a hateful, hateful man with a really bad outlook on the way society is at the moment. Um, so I certainly hope he gets the help he so desperately needs. Um, and that the Phoenix Suns can rid themselves of that toxicity that he he's brought to the franchise there. So, just thought I would uh, off the back of, of last week's segment regarding that, uh, just follow up there with some positive news. I think uh, some not so positive news for Rob Williams of the Boston Celtics. He's undergoing arthroscopic. He's undergoing an arthroscopic procedure. I'll tell you what, I hate that word, arthroscopic. Arthroscopic. Yeah, I got it. Arthroscopic procedure on his left knee. Um, Now it's a knee he had surgery on earlier in the year. Um, He will now be sidelined for four to six weeks. So hopefully all going well. He might just miss the start of the season, um, tipping off there middle to back end of October. Um, But certainly looking forward to seeing what he can do. He's going to have lofty expectations on his shoulders now, as are the Celtics as a whole. Um, But I think he could be really poised to, to show out this season. He's he's made significant strides over the last year or two, um, and I certainly expect that to continue. A man who's coming back back after an extensive layoff himself, uh, after ACL surgery in 2021, uh, former Nuggets player PJ Dozier has officially signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, Dozier himself isn't that much of a needle mover, um, but it just begs the question for me, and it's one I've mentioned over the off-season a couple of times, I would say, about the Timberwolves being such a weird team this season. Now, I think next week we're looking at doing the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference the following week, Um, so I'll touch on it a little more then, but the Timberwolves are such a weird team, and I'm really going to have to think about my predictions for them because I can see them finishing you know, in that top two or three teams in the West, or I could also see them being a playing team. I think they're probably one of the teams that has the biggest, uh, the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor. Whereas a lot of teams you can kind of look at, you know, let's say the Clippers, they're probably in a, a two to six range. They're they're kind of, their ceiling and their floors are uh, a little close together. But for the Timberwolves, I think if you're a Timberwolves fan out there, now I don't know any personally, but I would be quite excited about what they could achieve this season. And I think it bodes well, having Dozier, having... Austin Rivers, having a couple of these veterans, a couple of miles under the leagues, just to compliment Anthony Edwards, a young star there. Um, But it's certainly going to be a bit of an ironing out period for the Timberwolves, I think, especially with Gobert coming in. There's a lot of mouths to feed now. Just seeing how that chemistry builds in the first couple of weeks of the season uh, will be quite telling, I would imagine, To seeing how the rest of their season plays out. Uh, a fun point here: the free agent has a. It's a fun point if you're a Lakers fan, such as myself. Uh, free agent Dennis Schroeder is re-signing with the Lakers on a one-year deal worth two point six four million dollars. Now I say a fun point. It's not funny if you're Schroeder in 2021 from the same franchise to the Lakers. There, he turned down a contract extension worth eighty-four million dollars. Eighty-four million dollars he's now coming back on two and a half million. It is just absolutely absurd. And it's, it's a real shame for him. And, you know, I lo- I know we speak about Fred van Vliet and these guys who better not bet on themselves. And, you know, it comes up, comes up aces for him. You know, they're, they're the, they're the things we highlight. We don't so often highlight these guys who bet on themselves and, uh, and fall short. So, you know, Schroeder, he's just absolutely balled out recently for Germany at the Euro Basket. Um, He's just turned 29, so hopefully a one-year deal this on $2.5 million, as I said, a one-year deal, if he can show out, um, probably playing backup point guard, it depends which way their roster goes, um, backup point guard there, get some stats on the board, get some minutes under the belt, and just restore a little bit of that value, he might be able to get regain some of that money he threw away um, last year. So I tell you what, the Lakers, though, himself, Russell Westbrook, Pat Bev, um, that'll be the the bulk of their point guard rotation. There, I saw a a fun little fun little clip from No Dunks the other day, and it was a a cut one, bench one, and start one uh, around those three players: Beverly, Westbrook, and and Schroeder. There, um, and I think for the most part, they were saying start Pat Bev, bench Schroeder, and cut Westbrook, um, just merely for the fact it would seem even though the chats died down a little bit over the last week or two, that Westbrook still could be on the way out. Um, but, you know, if nothing else, if they fail to win games, if they fail to be a playoff team once once again, if nothing else, the Lakers are going to be fun to watch this year. Their chemistry and the dynamic between a lot of these players is certainly going to be must-watch TV. And uh, I know certainly for myself, I will be tuning in wholeheartedly. I'll transition just quickly to the WNBA. During the week, the Las Vegas Aces were crowned champs after defeating the Connecticut Sun 3-1, an absolutely loaded team. Chelsea Gray was crowned finals MVP after averaging 18.5 points and six assists across the finals. Um, But I think certainly the highlight that I saw was um, MVP Asia Wilson there. She was absolutely off her rocket in the press conference. She couldn't. Her eyes, she was in a different galaxy, and fair play to her. I love it, um, but uh, you know, if you're the you're the you're the best player in the league, I think you almost get a bit of a free pass. Um, you know, reporters were asking her questions, and she was just, she was she was whacked. She was off her trolley, um, but fair play to her. Fair play to the uh, Las Vegas Aces there. Um, it bodes well, Vegas is a is the city of champions. Uh, it could well coincide very shortly with the introduction of an NBA team from Las Vegas. Um, but the 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 aces there, the Las Vegas Aces are certainly setting the trend. So very well done on a fantastic season. Um, quality lineup, and no doubt they'll be in and around the mix next season as well. During the week, Spain were crowned Eurobasket champions. On this was on Monday, actually, it was after defeating France. 88 to 76, none other than Bo Cruz. Onecho Hernan Gomez, I think we almost go by Bo Cruz now for him, don't we? Um, he was the absolute hero of this one. He dropped 27 points, five rebounds, two steals, and went seven of nine from three. A career game for him and was, uh, I tell you what, hard work pays off. Consistent, like just absolute, he's a guy who grinds. Um, not only in the movie, um, but also just his career. And it was awesome to see him kind of get the just desserts he he so warrants. Um, But fantastic there for Spain, an incredible history at the international level, knocking off France, a loaded France team, Rudy Gobert there um, leading the way. But the Eurobasket as a whole was a raging success. Now, you look at the players that were knocked out, Greece with Giannis, Serbia with Jokic, Slovenia with Doncic, none of those players making the final. Um, it just gives weight to how much talent was in this tournament. Um, and the fact that, as I said, none of none of those teams, none of those star players made the final. Uh, fair play to Spain and fair play to France as well. Um, hats off to them. An incredible showing and an incredible tournament. I've thoroughly enjoyed, you know, having a bit of ball this offseason and something to sink my teeth into. And the level across the board was top-notch. So. A uh, very well done to Spain, there, crowned Eurobasket champions. Uh, the last point from the NBA here is that the league, the NBA and the NBA Players Association are currently in serious talks for the upcoming collective bargaining agreement to change the draft eligibility age from 19 to 18. Now, what that would therefore do is enable high school athletes to go straight back into the NBA. Uh, We had a point on our socials the other day, if you're not following them already, I don't know why you wouldn't be, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, check them all out guys, keep up to date with the latest news, Uh, but I asked the question whether you would like to see this play out or not. Now, I kind of, I saw it as a bit of a, it was as a 50-50 for me, because part of me thinks it would be awesome, you know, we've seen so many great players, namely LeBron, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady coming through from high school and just taking over the league from the word go. Um, so you see all the success stories out of that. There's also players that didn't fare so so well. Kwame Brown, um, you know he's a prime example, but of when you come in at 18, a lot of the, they, they're, they're kids. they're not ready mentally. they're not ready physically. Um, you know I think that's one side that they' that they have been weighing up for so long. I personally think at the minute you see a lot of these kids, they're going straight from the from high school to a professional men's league anyway. Whether that be down here for the NBL, we saw LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton, these young guns come down and just tear it up, chop it up with some of the world's best in the NBL. I think for the NBA, it probably bodes better for them to get these young stars in their clutches earlier. Um, And I think I, I would like to see it. I would like to see it. My opinion is I would like to see it. Um, the downside to that is we might potentially be robbed of a little less talent in other leagues, in the in the Euro League. there, down here in the NBL. As I said, some of these young guns who have, have foregone the college route to come down here, we might miss out on them a little bit more now. But nevertheless, I would like to see it. Would you guys, would you like to see the age changed from 19 to 18 and high school athletes being able to go straight back into the NBA? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, let's transition to a couple of quick points from the NBL. Um, the salary cap this season has been set at $1.7 million. Now, the reason why I outline this is the fact it's a 4% increase for the league from the season prior. And that it just is wonderful. It's wonderful to see, and it coincides with the continued growth of the league. Um, you know, the trajectory the league is on at the minute in terms of growth, in terms of player calibre in terms of interest viewership, it's just unprecedented and it's only continuing. Um, it's awesome to see, and I'll, I'll delve into this now about the blitz a little bit, but the talent on display, as I've said, time and time again, it is up there. I th- I think personally just behind the NBA, um, it's pretty well on par with the Euro league, the the CBA there in China as outside of the NBA, one of the best leagues in the world. Um, so it's awesome to see that salary cap growing and being able to have a little more money to entice some some quality high quality players to come down. Now, okay, speaking of the blitz, I won't touch on everything here as it is just the preseason tournament. Um, but just a couple of quick things I wanted to point out here. Now, shout out to Matty B and Locke from the Fifth and Dribble podcast, boys. The uh, the Jack Jumpers has got a very tidy win, seventy three to fifty three against the Kings the other day. Uh, fantastic to see, regardless of if it's a pre-season hit out or not. Uh, The big thing that let the Kings down, though, in this one was their three-point shooting. Uh, They went 5 of 31, so 16% there from the field. Um, But I I really hope this is a rivalry that could potentially grow some legs and build. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that sport needs rivalries. And down here in the NBL, we don't really have, you know, we've got the two Melbourne teams facing off, Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, Melbourne United, Yeah, no, but there's really there's not too many great rivalries in the league at the moment. Hopefully, hopefully this one grows legs. Um, I'd love to see it, and hopefully we get a rematch in the finals next year. Uh, Turnabout's fair play, as they say. Uh, The other keen, or the 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 point I was keen to touch on out of this game though was I wanted to shout out Fleur McIntyre. Now she became the first ever woman to head coach a game in the NBL. Um, in Chase Buford's abs- absence, she stepped up there. And it's fantastic to see. It's uh, I was in a corporate box last year when the Kings played down here in the regular season. And seeing the way she interacted with the players up close and personal, um, she's phenomenal. She's going to have, no doubt, a head coaching role very, very soon. Um, and hopefully this, you know, now that the, that fourth wall has essentially been broken, hopefully we see other women being able to step up and get more of an opportunity for coaching roles within the NBL and within basketball as a whole. Um, you know, we spoke about Becky Hammond there with the Spurs, um, getting opportunities. So, for Fleur McIntyre, a big congrats to her, and hopefully it's the uh, a good sign of things to come for her. So, okay, into the blitz. Um, other points there. King Cotton, Bryce Cotton, he dropped a massive 36 points, three rebounds, four assists. Uh, the Wildcats beat the Cairns Taipans 98 to 80 in this one. Cairns hung pretty tough for the most part, um, but once the last quarter kicked in, kicked in, Cotton took over. And to be honest, the main kind of point out of this is I think it's an ominous sign to the rest of the league. Cotton looks absolutely back to his devastating best. And I said, uh, was it last week's show? I'm trying to, I get lost on what week's what. No, the week before I did my NBL predictions um, and I spoke about him being right up there for MVP. You know, this is a this is a really good sign and bodes pretty well on that point. Uh Tyler Harvey as well for the Hawks, He had a big game, 27 points. Antonius Cleveland for the 36ers, 27 points, five rebounds, three assists. Uh fantastic to see these these star players showing out. As I said, despite it being preseason, uh, it's really good and it's a wicked opportunity up in Darwin, uh, for the for the natives up there to uh to see some really high quality bowl and some high quality players. And I think that's probably my takeaway from the blitz thus far. How even it's been, uh, it's shaping up as a bumper season for the NBL. It all tips off next week. Guys, as I said, at the start of the show, if you are looking at getting into the NBL more this season and you kind of want something to just draw you in a little more, go the fantasy route, make a fantasy team, sign up, jump in our league, send me a DM and I'll send you the link. Uh, would love to have as many of you as possible and see if you can knock me off. Um, my, I, th- I think I did a pretty solid job of my team. So I'd love to uh, t- to chop it up with you guys and uh, see who comes out on top. Daily Okie dokie. Let's move ahead, guys, to the main event, the NBA Awards Predictions. Now, this is a point that always causes debate um, across NBA circles globally. And it's something we always love doing here. Our awards predictions, as I said, all all the big honours, the MVP, the coach of the year, all of those good ones. I'm going to give my picks right now. But as with many segments we do, I'd love to hear from you guys what you think of these these, uh, respective picks, where I went right, where I went wrong. Um, Have at me. Have at me as well. Um, And be sure to give me your picks as well. So let's start with the top gong, the MVP. I've... I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's a man I put last year. I'm, I think this is his year. I've gone the Don, Luka Doncic uh, from the Dallas Mavericks. I think he is poised for a bumper season. Last season he had 28 and a half points, nine rebounds, nearly nine assists. But the big difference, and I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, is the fact that by far, since playing Eurobasket with Slovenia, this is the best he's looked coming into a season by far in his young career he's kind of always taken a couple of weeks, a couple of months to get the engine ticking over. And then he really starts to find his form around Christmas and after the new year. That's not going to be the case. He is going to set the tone from the word go. Um, The only concern I have with him possibly winning the MVP is the Dallas Mavericks themselves based on how many wins I'd get. Now, Russell Westbrook won the 2016 2017 MVP with OKC. Um, they finished sixth overall with a 47 and 35 record that year. Generally, we see the MVP in the top couple of teams across either conference. I think I expect to see Luca get the required or the numbers required to win MVP. I, it's going to be up and around 30 points, you know, nine, 10 rebounds, nearly 10 assists, nearly averaging a triple double. The the case is going to be, can the Mavs do enough? I think for him to win it, they probably need to get in the vicinity of 50 wins. Um, can Christian Wood come along for the ride? Can Tim Hardaway come back fit and firing? Yeah, no, there's a lot of unanswered questions here about this Mavs squad. Uh, the one constant, the one thing that you can bank on is Luca, But but he's my pick, and I think it's a fresh face in that narrative. Um the, other, the the blokes I think will be in the mix, Giannis, Embiid, and Ja Morant. I think those three are all in pretty good shape. Giannis, uh, he's been out of the limelight of the MVP race the last couple of seasons with Jokic going back-to-back back there. Um, so after he went back-to-back back himself, I think that voter fatigue might have worn off a little bit now. So he can well and truly reintegrate himself back into that mix. Um, Embiid, runner-up the last couple of years, you feel like he's gonna go the put the kitchen sink at trying to get that elusive victory. And for Ja Morant, like a team that's really on the up and up, the the Memphis Grizzlies there, he's by far the by far the star. He's gonna have have the stats, he's gonna have the highlight plays. Um, I certainly expect him to be in and around the mix as well. But my guy, my MVP pick this season, Luka Doncic, um, fantastic to see, as I said, just touching on the Euro basket and the talent. Within the NBA now, the international talent that we possess, now I could have easily, say, left off Ja Morant and had uh, Nikola Jokic in there and had my top four all as international players. That's uh, quite phenomenal the way that essentially the international is running wild on the league and it's awesome to see. Um, I would love to see, and it's something that's been posed a little bit more in recent times, is a USA versus World game. Um It'd just be fantastic to see, and to be honest, I think the world would probably knock him off at the minute. But nevertheless, I'll move ahead there. Luka Doncic is my pick for this year's MVP. Let's go ahead to DPOY, my Defensive Player of the Year this season. I've got Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. Now, he's been in and around the mix the last few seasons. Um, I I personally think Butler now, 33, Cole Lowry, 36. Um, they've they've lost PJ Tucker as well. I think they'll start to more focus on probably keeping a little bit of gas in the legs of these older boys, um, save themselves for the playoffs, and this will enable – like their defence I don't think will be as good as it has been the last couple of seasons, um, but I think Bam's going to have to compensate, especially with the loss of PJ Tucker uh, joining the Rockets 2.0 there he's going to have a much bigger responsibility to really anchor that defense. Uh, last season, he averaged a steal and a half a game and a block, nearly a block a game as well. Um, they were the fifth best defense in the league last season. I, th- I think for him to win it, they would have to be in the top, probably in the top five again. I think they'll probably be six to seventh. Um, at a guess. Um, they averaged last season, as I said, fifth best defense, 109 points a game. Um, I, I think they're not quite going to be as good overall, but I think Bam's really going to show out just because of that increased responsibility. Uh, my other contenders for this one, Rob Williams, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, a lot of names we're familiar with seen in these award races. Uh, the only thing with Gobert I think will be voter fatigue. Uh, likewise, Giannis. Um, depending on what route they go as well, the Bucs, whether they coast a little more in the regular season, um, he might miss a few too many games. Um, so I i was really tuning and throwing though. Rob Williams and Bam were the two I was kind of flipping a coin for, but I think probably just as we saw last year with Marcus Smart winning DPOY, um, there's probably, you know, he, he probably takes off a, a couple too many votes for Williams to get it. So, I'll stick with it. I will lock in Bear Adebayo as my defensive player of the year for next season. Let's go ahead to rookie of the year. Um, okay, so well, sometimes the number one pick is the number one pick for a reason. Um, so it's for me, it's hard. To, it's hard to see past Paolo Banchero, um, the Orlando Magic. There, the number one pick. He looks ready made for the league. I think it helps him. It certainly helps his odds greatly given the fact that Shet Holmgren will miss the entire season there for the Thunder. Um, but I think in a Magic squad that doesn't quite have playoff expectations yet, uh, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity. They're still searching for that legitimate number one guy that can score at will. I think Benchero will be him, no doubt. I think that will be his role. Uh, so I think he's going to get the steps required to win the award. To be honest, the other names I had: Keegan Murray of the Kings, Jabari Smith Jr. from the Rockets. Yeah, I I, I wanted to put Dyson Daniels in, just as uh, as my boy, a bit of Aussie love there. I've um, you know had had big big tickets on him over the last kind of eighteen months or so. Uh, I couldn't quite do it there uh, for the Pelicans, but uh, I I think Benchero will run away with it, and he will run away with it pretty convincingly, I would imagine. My most improved player now, I would love for you guys to guess who you think I'm going to say. Um, just just in your head as you're listening, as you're watching the show, have a, have a guess who you think I'm going to say. And it's a name I've mentioned quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. My most improved player for this season goes to the San Antonio Spurs' Keldon Johnson. Um... I think he's a he's a bloke I mentioned a few weeks ago in my Hidden Gems episode. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. While you're at it, wherever you listen to the show, subscribe or follow. Uh, drop a rate and review. Certainly appreciate all that good stuff. Um, I won't speak too much about him because I did touch on him quite heavily in that particular episode a few weeks ago. But I just think with DeJounte Murray gone now, someone's got to step up and actually put points points on the board. Outside of Devin Bissell, um, Perdle, possibly a bit, uh, there's no one else. Kelton Johnson is going to have to be the guy. Last season, 17 points, six rebounds, two assists, entering his fourth season now. So he's starting to really ingrain himself into the league. I expect him to be around that 22 point mark a game. Um, and I think if he were to get in and around that mark, he can wheel the Spurs to a couple of victories, really step up as an on court leader. Uh, he's he's certainly my pick for most improved. The other contenders I was looking at for this one was Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers and Anthony Simons of the Blazers. Halliburton I absolutely love. Uh, I think he's going to become the Pacers' new cornerstone. I think he could have a massive, massive year, um, but I, I couldn't go past Kelton Johnson for this one here. Okay, I've got my sixth man of the year up next. <laughs> Again, it kind of comes back to what I was saying in regards to Benchero there. Sometimes the obvious pick is the obvious pick for a reason. I've got Tyler Hero. Now, the reigning champ, once again, he's going to get a free license. I love watching this guy, and I love the way they play. He is just an absolute run and gun, shoot on sight, just absolute bomb burner of a player. He is must-watch TV. Um I think he's, like, as I said, a free license and opportunity. He gets plenty of minutes. Last season played 32 and a half minutes. Time, opportunity, and a free license a kind of a match made in heaven for winning this award. Uh, last season he averaged nearly 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, went 40% from three, and just had this award locked up, no worries. As I said a moment ago regarding Bam, I think the heat – will kind of preserve Lowry and Butler at times throughout the year, especially if they can lock up a top, top six spot pretty early in the season. Um, therefore, that will enable the, you know, the, the Caleb Martins, the Omo Yurts, event, and most importantly, Tyler Hero, more opportunity. Um, and I I think he's going to get the ball as much as he wants. He's going to get as many shots as he wants. And just purely based on weight of, of stats that he'll put up, I think will run away with it pretty convincingly. But this one the other contenders I had were Jordan Poole of the Warriors and Bones Highland, another guy who's a, a little hidden gem of mine, uh, as the another candidate there from the Nuggets. Um, Jordan Poole, I tell you what, he's going to have a big, big year. He's going to have a big year, I reckon. So watch out for him. But again, as I said, it was hard to go past the reigning defending champ, Tyler Hero, for this one. I expect him to go back-to-back. Coach of the Year. I've gone with Tyron Lue of the Clippers. Now, again, a coach Coach of the Year. It's a hard award. It's a hard award to pick. You know, do you go for the team that's going to finish top? That's do you go for the team that improves the most? Um, I've gone the Clippers. Last year, they finished with a record of forty-two and forty. I think with a healthy Paul George, a healthy Kawhi, John Wall coming into the fold, the depth they possess up and down the roster. Um, I expect them to be a legit powerhouse. I think this is the year that they really kind of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Exact on their potential, they actually get um, their money's worth out of these players. Stevie Ballmer gets his return on investment. Um, I think 55 to 60 wins is well in play for them this season. And if they can jump by 15 to 20 wins and finish, you know, top one or two in the Western Conference. Uh, I think Lou uh, will probably pick it up. I think he'll pick it up, and I think as well. Um, I'm. I, to be honest, I I didn't actually put down any other contenders uh, for this one. JB Bickerstaff for the Cavs has a case to be made. Um, D- Darwin Ham, if he can do something with the Lakers squad here, he's certainly got a hell of a job in his hands as a first year coach. Uh, he could be another candidate there as well. Uh, But I couldn't look past the other LA counterparts there in the Clippers. Um, So, yeah, interesting one there, the Clippers. Tell you what, I'll I'll move ahead to my last not official award, and the Clippers might tie in a little bit here. Uh, I've got my title pick. Now, this is the one I'll end on here. My title pick for next season, (laughs) it took all my might not to say the Lakers out of just sheer... Not out of any logic, just purely going with my heart. I wanted to say the Lakers, but going with my head, somewhat like the hero pick before. I've gone the Warriors. Uh, the reigning champs, I think, will be back to their devastating best once again this season. Maybe not during the full regular season. So I, I to be honest, I think the Clippers could probably finish above them in the standings. Um, I'll have a bit of a think about that before I do my Western Conference predictions in a fortnight's time. Uh, But I think once the playoffs roll around, they are just unmatched. They are unmatched. Losing Gary Payton wasn't ideal, yet the continued development, and we should see possibly more game time as maybe Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson sit a little more during the regular season. The continued development of Moody, Kaminga, Poole, and the return of Wiseman coming back as well. Um, In addition to the acquisition of Dante, DiVincenzo will certainly make up for it. Like they're a team that is – and it's a point we spoke about last year. They were really in the game of go for it now or do we kind of push the development side. They found that perfect balance. They got the best of both worlds, and I think that's going to continue this year. Um, arguably, you could look at maybe this year's their final red hot crack at it as teams start to build. Look at Luke coming up through the west there, Jamarant Morant and the Grizzlies starting to build, the Pelicans on the move. Um, but I think they're going to really go red hot at it this season. Steph Curry going for his fifth title now. Uh, that would be just huge for his legacy. But the uh, the reigning champs, the Golden State Warriors, are my pick to go back-to-back this season. But NBA NBA champs, once again, run it back. Um would love to hear from you guys what you think of that one, along with all of my picks there. Which awards did I get right? Which awards did I get wrong? Uh, have at me. Send me a DM, send us a message, hit us up on all the socials, um, and let us know, guys. We would love to hear from you what you thought of those. Awesome. It has been a massive episode. It's been, to be honest, just a, a quick sign off here. I'll just take a minute if you could uh, indulge me for a moment. Season three, it's been a massive season. A big thank you to you guys for continuing to tune in, especially during the off season while it's just been me uh, running the show here for the last couple of months. It's awesome to see, um, you know, just, just behind the analytics of it all, this has been one of our best months to date since the podcast's inception. Um, so I certainly appreciate you guys continuing to tune in on a weekly basis, continuing to engage with us via social media. Um, the support really means the world. Um, and therefore, it's only it's only fair to, to give back to you guys as listeners and really dial it up to an 11 for Season 4 starting next week. Um, as I said, this is going to be certainly our biggest and best season yet. Had a bit of a sit down and a chat with the blokes. Ron Lee the other day. As I said, a chat with the guys from the cover the other week. Big things coming across the board. So I certainly appreciate you guys sticking with it. Um, love having you on board. Continue to do so. And we will uh, be sure to keep you up to date with all the latest news from the NBA and the NBL. One last point. What's this? I think this will be the third or fourth time I've mentioned it this episode. But with the NBL starting next week. Get a fantasy team in, sign up, get on board. Likewise with the NBA, send me a DM and I'll get you the link. I'll get you into our league, limited spots. So be sure to be quick. Um, If I have to turn you away, don't feel bad. It's just you. We're a little bit too slow this time around, but maybe next year we'll get you in. Um, But honestly, guys, the NBL, so many times I've said it, I need my little dollar jar here. Um, (laughs) It is one of the best leagues in the world. And I certainly implore you, if you haven't already checked it out, the season starts next next week. Tune into a couple of games, familiarise yourself with a couple of players, and I can bet my bottom dollar on that you'll become a fan in a very very quick quick amount of time. So, um, oh, actually, one last point. One last point. If you're still listening deep into the piece here, um, tween with the idea of possibly running a second episode a week for season four. Um, this is now we're probably going to go back to our normal sad day time slot. Uh, for next week for season four when the fellas return, Rowan Lee there. Uh, but I've been toying with the idea of running a separate episode. Maybe I'm still toying with it, maybe on a Monday, an NBL-specific episode. Just 20 minutes, half an hour, recap all the latest news, um, but just have a designated episode for the NBL. Let me know what you think of that one. I'll put put a poll up during the week and put the feelers out there. Uh, but would love to hear if you, if that's something you guys would be interested in because I'm certainly game to do it um i love it so more content the better okay guys i will wrap it up there a big thank you for tuning in can't wait to come at you next week for season four of the podcast the boys will be back eastern conference predictions is going to be an absolute hoot can't wait to talk to you then ciao